Hello, weary internet travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. I'm still your host, MJ Smith, and this week I'm joined once again by Michael Mooring to Hi. finish up our talk about the 1962 movie Lawrence of Arabia. But before we get into that, um, Mike, do you want to introduce yourself again in case people haven't listened to the before episode yet? Sure. Uh, so I'm Mike. I'm one of MJ's good friends. Uh, he referred to me as the director slash actor slash writer slash lawyer. So that's probably the best way to go and sum it up. Yep, I would agree. And with that being said, um, instead of our normal what we watched this week segment... Um, we're going to talk about something that Mike did and something that I was also involved in, which is a short film that you and your brother made, uh, right. along with some other people, called The Precinct Retribution. If you listen to the before episode, you know that we had the premiere on January 10th, and that was yesterday as of this recording. So everyone's seen the movie now, and it was sweet. Um <laughs> It's available for free on YouTube That's right. currently. Yep. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you should go check it out. It's yeah. sort of an action comedy. Yep. Um, so now that you've got it out in the world, yes. What What do you think? How are you feeling right now? Uh, honestly, I'm really excited about it. Still, like, I'm really pumped after seeing people's reactions to it. Yeah. You know, there was a certain segment of the audience that I was kind of going to go iffy on, like, are they going to get everything that we're referencing or what we're going for? But people really dug it, and they all had, like, their own favorite scenes, which actually was really encouraging, because, like, there wasn't, like, a particular point in the movie where people were like, that was the best part. You would go down the list of people, and they'd be like, no, I like this part, and that was, like, in the beginning, but then other people were like, no, I like this part, and that was at the end. And so the whole movie was, like, a very uh, kind of, like, wave... With, like, emotions and yeah. people liking different aspects, and I liked that. Yeah, no, it was super fun watching that movie and with an audience and in a, a theater, like a traditional theater. We made yeah. a thing that screened at a theater in our town, and uh, that was exhilarating is yeah. the only thing I can use to describe it. Like, I yeah. was super nervous yeah me too. Uh, before uh, yeah i can't imagine how you felt <laughs> i was freaking out yeah it was and then we got there and they had upgraded the size of the theater they were going to show it in we had originally had what an 84 yeah. person auditorium yeah. and then they put us in the biggest theater they have there yeah. so it was uh it was interesting i had a bunch of family come down um it was just a bunch of our family and friends that had had wanted to see the movie and got and got to experience it in the theater and yeah. like it was really cool. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of fun. And, and like, people got it from the instant it started. Because I remember talking to you last week about, like, you know, whether or not people were going to kind of get what we're going for in right, the beginning of the right. movie and stuff like that. But, I mean, I think that people really understood the tone and what we were trying to achieve, like, from the start. And there wasn't, like, a lot of that awkwardness that I was even afraid of. Right. Because, um, I mean, to go and maybe explain the movie more, because I'm sure, MJ, you can maybe go and post a link to it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In the, in the episode, uh, when I post it, you guys will have a link to go see the full yeah. movie and probably the blooper reel, which yeah. is also hilarious. Uh, no, so. it's also good. I wish yeah. I would gotten to show that in the theater. But um, to just kind of go and give an outline of the plot really quick, you know, it's about like a cop who's good brought up for retirement by his partners who's dead his twin brother and they're investigating a case an old case by an enemy who's kind of been resurrected seemingly and they kind of go on a mission to find out what's really going on who's really behind it and um 
people understood that it was like making fun of cop shows and yeah. weird and the weary veteran cop stuff and they like understood that like the monologues that were going on were kind of cheesy but they're purposely so and they bought into it which i like yeah i remember you would mention that you know you had gone back and added a joke to start the movie with yeah. Because of how serious the first two or three minutes of the movie is. Yeah. But the thing is, when that first two or three minutes happen, you it, it follows your character. And the way I describe it after the movie is that you were hilariously grizzled. Because <laughs> yeah. you're, you know, you have a like, really young looking face. And you're yeah. a young guy. You're only 26. Yeah. And so to just see you, like, world weary at 26 was really funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It was. It reminded me a lot of the Max Payne games. Yeah, like the the narration that you had was very much like from those games. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, which works for the serious tone of those games yeah. and works for the hilarious tone of this movie. Yeah, and there is one thing I want to talk about, which is the editing. Mm-hmm. You guys just did this at home, right? Yeah, like, that was it. It was so well shot and like well done and and super well edited. There were visual effects near the end during a gunfight. Yeah. Uh, we talked about this last week. I had seen an early cut of that gunfight and I thought it was amazing. Yeah. And then I saw it in the theater with sound effects and visual effects and it was crazy good. Yeah, no. Um I was really happy that the theater kind of bumped up the sound in general because, like, that made that scene have a lot of impact. You yeah. Know? I mean, in addition with the visual effects, my brother did, like, an amazing job with that. Um, it just all worked really well together. And that was a scene in the movie where we thought it was going to maybe be really dicey. It could be a great scene or it could be a terrible scene because when the visual effects and the sound wasn't there, it was just so corny looking, you yeah. know? And so I'm so glad that, like, it seems like to other people we nailed it. Right. And also, I, you know, I have two scenes in the movie, and we were worried when we first shot it that my first scene was pretty stilted as yeah. far as dialogue is concerned, because there's a lot to go through, but there's also some crazy, wacky things happening in that scene. Yeah. So when we filmed it, it was a struggle to keep a straight face on everyone's part. <laughs> yeah. And it played super well. Like, yeah. it's it's a chunk of film from the beginning of that scene to the end of it, like consistently had some laughs at the points where you guys had designed the laughs to be. So that was cool. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that there was very few moments in that movie where there was like an unintentional laugh, which made me feel like, okay, we had a good sense of like what people, how they were going to react to things. And that's something that I'm always afraid of is like, something that's funny to me, not going to be funny to everybody else. But like, I mean, I'd say 90% of the jokes that we intended hit. And then we yeah. kind of made some unintentional jokes that some people laughed at that we weren't intending. But yeah. it's like one instance of that I can really think of. So I feel pretty good about that, honestly. Yeah. Well, and like, I I think because of the nature of the movie, I had talked to you about this. There was a monologue that your character has yeah. where it was like, oh, was it this? Like, is this what you were going for? Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, that's a, that was serious, actually. And I was like, <laughs> oh, oops. Eh, it's okay. Like, there were some things... Um, I'm sure that that did influence me in a way. I mean, everything, like, I'm an amalgamation of everything that I've watched. So I'm sure that there's also part of that, too. But um, in general, like, everything hit with people pretty well. And I might hit with different segments well, and then it would bounce to another side of, like, the room that would laugh. And that was good. I mean, that our humor works for different sets of people, you know? Yeah, and, like, you guys didn't try to water it down either. Like, you didn't try to appeal to the lowest common denominator. Like, Mm -hmm. it was this sort of referential skewering of Christopher Nolan movies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, through and through, yeah. but with a very, like, naked gun vibe to it. So yeah. it was, like, it was this hilariously dark movie yeah. with insane things happening around it, yeah. and it worked really nicely. I think it's 
kind of the perfect jumping off point for parody movies mm-hmm. nowadays. I think that's something that's been lost. Like, you know, you look at The Naked Gun or Top Secret or Airplane. I don't know why I had trouble remembering the name <laughs> Airplane. And those are like the, the, you know, the top of the parody movie chart. And then you get into the 90s and you get the scary movies and then not another team movies and all yeah. that stuff. And it's just this sort of like, we're referring to a thing yeah, that you know. Joke. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. It's just like whether or not you're aware of it as like a pop culture thing. And that's the extent of the joke. Or it's like the family guy type of humor. You right. Know? Like where it's like, I get it. Ha. And yeah. that's it. Like, and we, I mean, we're more subtle than that. I think I remember you saying that basically. That was like, we weren't like super on the nose with things as much as you might have expected. It was more about like the undermining of the trope or yeah. whatever. Yeah, you guys subverted way. the trope, but then you had like your own wacky set of characters that yeah. were the real like gut busting jokes. The, yeah. the parody aspect of it was really kind of underplayed yeah. in the sense that. You know, it was something you thought about after. You're like, oh, yeah, when they did this scene, it was kind of like this. Yeah. And it wasn't like, you know, we did this thing. Aren't we hilarious? Let's take to the camera so we can make sure that our joke landed. Yeah. It was just, this is how it is. Right. And I think that that's something the parody movies are are lacking nowadays. Um, The only parody movie I can think of that I've liked in the last, since Airplane, Uh besides this one, was a movie called They Came Together with yeah. Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler. Yeah, I'm going to be talking to me about this. And that's a parody of romantic comedies that's hilarious because its subversion of the trope isn't like we made a reference to Love Story or we made a reference to some Matthew McConaughey movie. Mm-hmm. It's we took the the conceits of all those genres and then we played around with them, but we didn't try to emulate a specific thing or reference a specific movie in that genre and i think that helped it a lot i think that's what helped the precinct a lot it was very much done in a style yeah but not in it didn't like specifically go and be like hey this is this movie now this is this direct callback to something you know i mean the most that we go with that is the dark knight rises but like still it 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 was adapted to go and fit like the means of this movie which is you know a detective movie and that sort of stuff i mean my character kind of is basically batman like right. he's like Batman grappling with like his struggle and stuff like that, and he's going against a Bane character who turns out to be a pawn in the larger scheme. I mean, there's like a lot of that backbone there, but um, it didn't really depend on you needing to know that. Versus like a lot of other jokes, like the Family Guys and the more recent parody movies, depend on you knowing that joke in a really obvious way to appreciate it. Right. And um, also, I mean, something that was really important to me was like it's a joke and it's kind of a farce, but at the same time, like. The main characters, like, they had, like, a real struggle going on in it. I mean, and I, I don't know if this was successful or not, but I kind of feel like it is from some people. What some people told me was that, like, they bought into, like, the drama between my character and uh, my friend Slade's character, who plays the other protagonist slash villain of the piece, which you find out later. Um, they bought into, like, our little conflict, which made me feel good. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is, like, for the last maybe 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, yeah. it doesn't abandon all humor necessarily, yeah. but there the jokes are fewer and farther between, yeah. which actually really helped because it turns into this like kind of gritty action movie yeah. near the end, and it works really nicely. Like there's this, I don't know, like it on paper, like talking about it, it seems like it shouldn't really yeah, work. Yeah, no, it's a big tone shift. Actually. Yeah, if you compare the last scene of the movie to, or you know, the last fight or whatever to the begin or you know to what your scene, for yeah. example, yeah. there's a huge range of dynamics there. But. Right. 
But I think part of what helps it is this movie is only an hour long. It's yeah. about 53 minutes, 55 yeah. minutes, something like that. So there's no fat on it. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a single unessential scene. Um, so y- you guys didn't, you know, you weren't padding for time. You no. just were able to get everything done. Yeah, like all the essentials that we wanted to hit, we hit. Right. Um, and that helped a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I've seen this movie now way too many times. But for the most part, like, I'm not really sick of it yet. Like, yeah. Because it, it goes by fast. I feel like personally it's it's fairly well paced. Yeah, it is. Um, and yeah, like you said, it doesn't linger on anything too long. Right. You know? And if you don't get the joke, it's over in like five seconds anyway and it's on to the next one or whatever. Right. Um, and then, yeah, not. but that also plays in – that helps it go in transition quickly to being like serious and stuff like that. And I also feel like I like seeing that kind of range in a movie nowadays. There's nothing that says like a comedy can't go and be somewhat serious or something like that. Right. Like, in some ways, I think the comedy helps lower your defenses a bit so you actually care about what's going on in the characters a bit. Yeah. Like, and so it's a like look at it. you're not like – you're not as jaded. Whereas like if you have like a really, really dark movie – you're kind of like constantly evaluating it in like a maybe sometimes unfair way or something like that or in a different way versus if you have a comedy to start off with, you're kind of like, okay, and you just kind of go with it and you laugh, but then you actually kind of slowly might get invested in it in a way that you can actually make it dramatic later. Right. And I think it's imp- it's important to keep in mind that it's a tonal shift, not a genre shift. Like yeah. it doesn't become a different genre because yeah. that bothers me a lot. Yeah. Like genre shifting in a movie is such an eyesore to me. Like it yeah. will ruin a movie for me um you know this movie had a lot of other problems but like hancock Mm -hmm. shifted genres about three times over the course of the movie and i was like what what kind of movie are Mm -hmm. you um danny boyle's sunshine which gets a lot of praise for a genre shifting bothers me a lot because it's so stilted with a genre shifting right here's the chunk that's a sci-fi here's the chunk that's a horror movie here's the chunk that's a different kind of horror movie slasher movie Yeah. yeah So I don't I don't really like that when a yeah. movie genre hops and this movie doesn't genre hop it tonally shifts to yeah. a more serious right but it's actually like very subtle how it happens right that's how I feel about it anyway is that like it, it kind of slowly starts becoming more serious but it's still you know kind of doing this Christopher Nolan-y parody at the same time right. so it kind of works still yeah there's a layer underneath it that's very like still skewering those tropes even yeah. though it's taking itself seriously right air quotes yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, is that what happens at the end is not out of character for anybody. Because, like, I talked right. about to you this last week, but, you know, my character and Slade's character, uh, the main characters, they're, like, they're playing straight men. You know, yeah. like, like people who, like, take everything at face value and they've got their own, like, little drama and conflict and conflictedness. And they're operating in a different level than the other characters who are all ridiculous stereotypes like your character, for right. example. Right. And so when the movie just comes down to the two of them the two more serious characters, it doesn't actually feel weird or wrong for them to be talking about serious stuff because they've always been that way. It's just everything else was there and then it got stripped away at the very end. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. Um, And that, you know, that's obviously very intentional. Yeah. So with the movie being out now and reception being kind of overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, it was actually surprisingly positive. Yeah. People had a lot to say, but yeah. Um, is, Is there something else down the line we can expect from the brothers moray and penguin productions or uh um well we'll see i definitely have um an idea for another one i wrote it down it's like actually a couple pages long it's it's fairly ambitious though um and i'd like to go and have other people's feedback on the whole topic 
But I mean, my brother and I both feel really good about it, and I think that it's actually funnier in concept than this movie. Oh, really? So, yeah, and, and actually, it could also work dramatically well too. Um, and so, I really want to look into it. But at this time, you know, we all need a break from it. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's been like a year and a half in the making. Yeah, the actual production, post production part. But I mean, this idea has been festering for four, five, six years. Yeah, and. It might be time to just kind of let things relax for a bit. Let us go and get some new equipment and technology and skills. And then we'll come back to it when we're even better than we were this time. You right. Know? Yeah. I mean, after after the movie, we had a brief conversation of like, we could do this. Like, yeah. We're capable of pulling this off now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, I think it's a very important stepping stone for us. Like, yeah. you know, I don't know how heavily any of us really want to pursue it at this point, mm-hmm. but... You know, it, it definitely felt like way more accomplishable to break into that than it ever has. And yeah. that was really interesting. I don't know if it's something that, you know, any of us really want, but it's something we can do. And I think that blew everyone's mind because we're all pretty big movie buffs in our group of friends. So mm-hmm. it's it's just weird that we were like, oh, we did the thing we admire. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we we kind of addressed our own criticisms of things through this movie too. Yeah. And we also made our own uh, mistakes along the way. Like there's definitely some things where like I've criticized other movies for doing the exact same thing that my movie eventually ended up doing. Right. Um, but like the infrastructure is there now, like yeah. which, which is what you're saying. You know, we can like pick this back up. I think in a way that it took a long time to build up to this moment. Right. And now, now it's there, you know, yeah. and now we have like a fan base that's kind of back. You know, it's resurgent, which yeah. is good. And so when I go and see comments on Facebook saying, like, when's the next one? I'm kind of like, it's a couple of years, but I'm like, okay, well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. So, yeah, that's The Precinct. Um, if you guys haven't seen it yet, I'll post the link when I post uh, this episode. It's really funny. It's super easy to watch. Um, it's only 55 minutes. Uh, I don't know. It was a blast to make. It was a yeah. blast to watch. I, I'm really proud of, of what... Uh, we did. Yeah, with me it. too. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so with all that being said, the real w- reason we're here is to discuss a film we talked about last week, which is David Lean's Lawrence of Arabia. Going into this movie, we both kind of expected to like it, mm-hmm. but probably, at the very least, myself, I was thinking I would think it was overrated. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that, you know, any movie that's three and a half hours long needs to have a reason to be three and a half hours long. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't see a reason why this movie needed to be three and a half hours long. So what were your expectations for it? I was expecting uh, to kind of feel the same way. That like this movie is going to need a really good justification for it to be as long as it is. And surprisingly, it totally was. Yeah, <laughs> it totally for had one. Sure. Like it's weird to call a three hour and 40 minute film well edited. But it actually is well edited. Yeah, there's, once again, no fat on it. Like, even though it's three and a half hours, everything feels essential to moving this character forward over his arc. Yeah, I mean, do you want to talk about the plot in general? You want me to? Yeah, um, so the movie is about uh, T.E. Lawrence, who was a British uh, military officer who was sent to Saudi Arabia to see if the, the British army was he in the army yeah to go and like basically set up some sort of thing between the prince there and uh kind of maybe like talk about driving out the turks yeah the empire you yeah know, at the yeah. time because it's during world war one um but he wasn't like supposed to get as involved as he was right he ended up becoming essentially a revolutionary yeah while he was out there because 
everyone seemed kind of lethargic when he when he first made it out there and they were like well yeah but we can't do this Mm -hmm. and he was like well what if we do this and he just brought this new idea to them that they hadn't thought about before so they ended up staging a revolution because of it yeah and basically fighting off the ottoman empire and the turks back um and then most of the movie deals with that military conflict but it actually kind of isn't a war movie at the same time yeah it really is weird like in a lot of ways it's actually a very very personal film yeah it's a character study through and through of this one guy right and like that's something that really struck me watching it this time because spoilers i actually did watch it like 10 years ago but i remembered nothing about it and i think i fell asleep through part of it um so anyway what i didn't really remember was how much of a focus it is just on him yeah um and like i mean from the very beginning of the movie it it, you can already tell like the themes of identity are going to ring through it because Lawrence isn't somebody who um, is a very traditional kind of military officer. Right. He, we were talking about this. He's a little effeminate. Yeah. Um, I was reading he he wasn't gay. He was more than likely asexual. Mm-hmm. But he just doesn't fit in with what you would think of as a military guy. Right. And like he doesn't fit in with that establishment. And you can kind of tell that the people in the British military just don't even want to deal with him. So they kind of send them off to like get rid of him. Yeah. Um, and then... So he's kind of a man without a country, like in terms of like he's a British officer, but he doesn't really identify with like the you know the the, the crown or anything like that. So when he goes and works for the like Arabians and he's like leading the desert tribes and trying to unite them, he actually kind of finds I think a bit of himself in them right. that he wasn't actually finding in the British army, um, which is which is interesting. And then you know that theme carries through because eventually there's kind of an implied scene where he seems to get raped and right. he seems to have a lot of. Um, conflict after that obviously and then he i think ends up finding himself uh alienated from the arabian side of the conflict as well right um because he goes and gets captured and is beaten and then he kind of gets rejected by his own allies and by the end of the film he's kind of a man without the the british government helping him or the arabians appreciating him too right yeah i mean the movie ends spoilers the movie ends with them driving the turks out of damascus and trying to set up their own city but yeah what happened is he brought two factions of the Arabians together, mm. and they just can't reconcile their differences. Right. So it was essentially all for naught, because then Britain comes in and takes over Damascus, right. and now Arabia is under British rule. Yeah. So he like unintentionally helped Britain just kind of invade and drive off the Turks and take over. Yeah. And it's like, the movie bummed me out. Like, I wasn't expecting to be really sad at the end of the movie. Because it's actually kind of a depressing modern commentary today, you know, that people cannot come together in a way that's beneficial for everybody. They they all had their own Mm self-interest, you know, and... And I think that even Lawrence, he's kind of idealistic because he thinks that he can bring these people together. And he's totally disappointed by the fact that he couldn't. And that he was actually being used by the uh, the Arabian prince in a way. Like there's this one line by Alec Guinness toward the end which basically goes and sums up that Lawrence was completely used by them. Right. Yeah, that was the best line in the movie. Um, Alec Guinness plays a sheik. Yeah, which is kind of weird, but yeah, he actually brown, does it fairly well. Yeah, brown face Alec Guinness uh, plays a sheik, and he has this line about, I'm going to botch it right now, yeah. but it's about how war is the virtue of young men, mm-hmm. and peace is the virtue of old men, yeah. and how young men are kind of idealistic, and old men are just cynical and mistrusting of anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like... I have chills, but I'm real sad. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I kind of remember, like, looking at you during that scene, and we were just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, that was, like, that was a real, like, powerful moment. Because up until that point, like, 
his character seemed fairly sympathetic, uh, I right. would say. And then, like, he kind of reveals himself to not be duplicitous, but he lives in a real world that Lawrence doesn't live in. Right. Um, and so I really dug that scene. And it's funny that we both have this opinion now, though, because I remember watching it uh, up until halfway, and there's an intermission. This movie has an intermission. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's a part one, there's a part two. And we went and ate food during the intermission because we were both really hungry for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't have much to say at that point. And we were both kind of struggling to come up with, like, positives, I feel like. Do you yeah. feel like that? It wasn't that it was poorly made or no. poorly acted or poorly edited. It just, not a lot happened. Right. Because basically... wise Yeah. He just... Lawrence goes into the desert and he tries to go and find the, the prince and the tribes and stuff like that. And then he goes and joins with them. And then he also, they end up walking through a desert because they're going to go and do a sneak attack on a port city uh, that no one expects to go and do right. that attack. Um, and that requires them to go and like cross a really perilous path of desert. And there's a lot of sand and walking. Yeah. And it's not... Later, though, it begins to feel not like it was unessential. Like, it, it totally was purposeful to go and illustrate how, like, dangerous that journey was for Yeah. Them. Well, and, you know, when we were getting ready to watch it, we were thinking we were going to watch the first part, go get dinner, and then watch the second part today. Yeah. Uh, the day we're recording this, and... The second part's only the last hour of the movie, yeah, so we decided. It's not that long. Yeah, so we decided. Okay, well, we'll just finish it. Like we've come two and a half hours in this movie. What's another hour? Yeah, and there's that's the only way to watch this movie. I would say, yeah. like, you have to see this movie yeah. in one sitting. Like, take a dinner break if mm-hmm, you need to, because right. you probably will. But watching it all in one sitting makes the second half hit so much harder. Yeah. Because you've seen the first half. Yeah, the second half complements and enhances the first part so much. Yeah, it makes um, it super necessary yeah. for that first part to happen. And, and like, it's really well written from the standpoint that the second part, like, it kind of takes place a while after the first part, and it's almost like reintroducing you to the state of the world because yeah. it's different now. But it, it's also kind of doing it through different characters' eyes of like what Lawrence has accomplished now that like the first part is over, and it's really interesting to see that because like the narrative starts getting kind of divorced from Lawrence's point of view. Yeah. Um, and you start seeing how other people are reacting to him because it's almost like as if you're seeing other people's perspectives on him because he's trying to figure out who he is. That's right. the whole theme of the movie right. is who is this dude? And not to mention the beginning, the, the very beginning of the movie opens with Lawrence dying yeah. back in England after the war because he got into a giant motor accident uh, riding his motorcycle and then the very like second scene of the movie is his uh, funeral and there's a reporter trying to find out who Lawrence was from different military officers. And they're all kind of like offering these really, I don't know, trite phrases about Yeah, they're him. just like, he was a great man. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, what did he do? And they're like, uh, be great. Yeah. Like, they didn't really know who he right. was or what he necessarily did. Yeah. And so like you kind of, that was set up very early, like this question of who is this guy? And the first uh, part of it is also dealing with that. But then the second half of the movie is all about kind of, I think, other characters reacting to him. So you kind of understand, like, that they don't really understand him either. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's... The character of Lawrence is what drives this movie forward. If that character isn't as strong as he is, and if that performance isn't as strong by Peter O'Toole as it is, this movie falls apart completely. Yeah. Um, I... Peter O'Toole's performance in this movie was insane. Yeah. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just everything about this movie serves it well. Like, it's super well shot. Yeah. It's super well edited. Mm-hmm. It's super... Like, the character drama is so real and intense and 
feels super organic. Like this world feels lived in. It feels like it happened because it did. Yeah. And that it's filled with very human characters. Yeah. There are people like every character has like, you know, flaws in it and, and realistic flaws and they have their own concerns in it, which I mean, I know this sounds like basic screenwriting, but like this stuff doesn't exist anymore yeah. sometimes. Like there's people who are super perfect, like in movies nowadays or like blatantly evil. And this just goes and shows that we're all like very flawed, like sinful people who like or get caught up in our own power or lusts or whatever. Yeah. So what do you think about the way this movie depicts the, the quote, war yeah. that's going on? I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I actually made a note to this about this uh, that I want to talk about. I think the movie really used uh, violence very effectively. Because mm-hmm. um, there's actually not a lot of fighting or battle scenes in this movie. Right. Um, and we'll get into this. In the, in it, like, uh, there's a scene at the end where they don't even show the taking of Damascus, which is like kind of the whole point I, you'd see, you, you yeah. think. yeah. Of the movie, and they don't even show that. They just go and cut to like past that, the aftermath, and that's kind of the point where you realize, oh, it wasn't really about the conflict. Yeah, even the first part ends with the taking of Aqaba, which yeah. is, I would say, absolutely the point of the first part. Oh, totally. And it starts with you see them ride into Aqaba, mm-hmm. and you see them like kind of kill a few people, and there's yeah. a little bit of a battle, and then the movie like pulls out to this like cliff area yeah overlooking the city overlooking the city and it pans to the right and it pans to this artillery they were trying to secure yeah and there's no one at that station anymore so it's like they got it and then from that it pans over to the right some more and it's lawrence on his horse walking down the beach and omar sharif's character is just like hey we got like we're done you know good job yeah and you totally understand within that like one minute shot okay they won the battle they took the port city they got the artillery that they wanted and like you didn't need to see like this drawn out like blood or guts or violence to really understand that that was communicated right and i think this has something to do with what we talked about last week this is post v or this is pre-vietnam cynicism like you know, after Vietnam, it was all about the horrors of war. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't that. This was just like, what? who are people? Yeah, yeah. It, it, this movie is people, the movie. Yeah. You know? People with conflicts and, and, and their inability to get over them sometimes. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I also think about, like, there is, like... Uh, I wouldn't say it's like the horrors of war, but there's like definitely a sense in the second half where you begin to actually see the result of the violence of yeah. the war more. You go and see like this infirmary full of people when they go and take Damascus and, and you begin to realize, oh, you know, like these are the casualties of war. Yeah. And, and like a, a very um it's a it's a very indirect way. It wasn't like super in your face, but you right. like understood like, oh yeah, there's like a toll to this conflict still. Right. And there's also the scene where they Go and, and essentially like massacre right, this yeah. column of, of Turkish soldiers right. and for no reason, yeah, kind of. I mean, and Mostly just for revenge. Yeah. Especially because like Lawrence helps, goes and leads it because there's kind of, once again, this implied assault or rape or whatever of, of Lawrence that happens during this scene. Right. And then he's kind of like in revenge mode against the Turkish army because right. of that. And so it's just like... like it does a good job not showing the evils of man, but the effects of the evils of man. Yeah. And I think that speaks very well to like the the fact that this is a character piece. It's not a war movie. Mm-hmm. It's not even really, I would say, a historical drama. No. It's a character piece. Yeah. Like this movie, if it weren't as sprawling and deserty as it is, mm-hmm. is a play. Like yeah. this movie could work as a play. Very well said. I agree with that. Um, because basically, at the end of the day, it's about the rise, fall 
rise fall <laughs> of yeah. Lawrence because like the first part is about his rise and being accepted within this Arabian community about being like some kind of weird savior to them right like there's there's a sense in the beginning that he's like a blasphemer you know he's like kind of saying that like like you know no one nothing is written that someone's gonna die like I'm gonna be like a hero to you guys and people come around to him even though they kind of initially suspect that he might be like a blasphemer right um and then so he rises and then he goes and obviously he falls in terms of like he gets captured by the Turkish people. He gets assaulted in some way, tortured by them. And then he kind of builds himself back up. And he's kind of now not quite the same person anymore. Right. And then he kind of falls again by the end of the movie because he realizes that basically everything he set out to do didn't work out very well. Yeah. It's like it's a bummer of a movie, yeah. guys. But it's super, super worth watching. Yeah. Um, this movie looks amazing yeah now even like you know 2015 movie looks so good it's one of the best shot movies i've ever seen just these sweeping shots of desert and these Mm -hmm. huge wide angle uh like just the lens is opened up so wide yeah Yeah. and so good looking the 4k restoration that they did was amazing yeah i mean i made a screenshot of this my desktop background i made a screenshot of this my cover photo on Facebook, like, it's a gorgeous movie. Mm-hmm. You could probably take, like, each individual shot and, like, you could find, like, a very painterly quality to it that is yeah. lacking today in a lot of things. Yeah. Um, it doesn't try to hide anything. Like, it's, it's a lot of it happens during the daytime. Like, it's yeah. not hiding special effects behind nighttime yeah. or forests or yeah. something. Like, it's very open. So, I mean, altogether, I think. I wouldn't expect to say this, but it ended up becoming one of my favorite movies by the time we were done. Yeah, ever. it's super good. Yeah. Um, if you haven't seen it, go see it. Uh, I would argue more than any movie I've done yet on this podcast, you guys need to see this movie. It's super important. If you want to know anything about the history of film, mm-hmm. if you want to know anything about Peter O'Toole, I mean, he's considered one of the greatest British actors of all time for good reason. Yeah. After this movie, like, you know, Im- immediately after this movie, I put... Uh, my favorite year on a list of movies that I want to watch for the podcast because Peter O'Toole's so good at it and it's completely a different kind of movie. It's almost a comedy. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's just an important movie even now. Like I think this is taught in film school for a reason. Yeah. There there are certain movies that you'll watch and be like I don't really know if this is relevant still. Like I can understand where it came from. Yeah. People are about to turn off the podcast, but I feel that way about Citizen Kane. <laughs> I don't think Citizen Kane should be taught in uh, film school anymore. Yeah. Because it's amazing, kind mm. of. Yeah. It's it's technically well done, but it is slow. It's got some pacing issues. It just plays weird in the 2000s. Yeah. But Lawrence is actually very thoroughly modern still. Like, yeah. It, and it still has themes that are relevant today. It's not dated in a way that some other movies are. Yeah. And... The beginning part of the movie is a hump. Like I'm not going to lie about that, but it's it's well earned. Yeah. By the end of the movie, like you understand like why they did what they did. Yeah, I mean it's a very complete experience. Yeah. There's not unessential time. Yeah, and it's not like a, it's not like a twist happens that makes you go oh. It's just that you understand like that needed to happen. Like that yeah. whole movie needed to happen the way it did exactly the way it did. Yeah, this movie falls apart if anything has changed. Like. I'd argue it's kind of a perfect movie. Yeah. It's one of the most perfect movies I've ever seen. Yep. Um, and you guys should watch it. Amen. That's. Do you have anything else? No, I'm done. I'm yeah. Good.
yeah, go watch Lawrence of Arabia. Um, if you want to talk to us about how to get the precinct, read the episode description because the link will be posted. But if you want me to email it to you, uh, before and after show at gmail.com. If you have thoughts on Lawrence of Arabia, if you have a recommendation for a movie you want to do next, if you have a recommendation for someone you think should be on the show, let me know um, at that email address, before and after show at gmail.com. Um, Next week, I have my friend Jonathan Cornell joining me, and we are going to talk about a strange little sci-fi movie, Hmm. and I'm going to leave it at that until the next episode. You have my interest. I'll be listening. Until next time. Do you want to say it this time? Do you know it yet? Uh, Keep watching movies and stuff. There you go. All right. (laughs) Good enough.